brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this your song. <laughs> And welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Coming to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for about an hour. It is episode 711, so we had an agreement with the uh, 711 chain. Uh, you could got a free Slurpee today. All you had to do is go in and say it's Daily Gun Show number 711. So hopefully everybody took us up on that. It was very expensive to get that all set up. We had to prepay for thousands of gallons of Slurpee, but I think it was probably all worth it. Hopefully everybody's got a giant Slurpee, and we'll uh, dig into the show. 711 episodes in, uh, Bob and I, Barker Bob, a guy from Canada, and I started doing this show a long time ago when he came down to uh, Arizona to hang out for the winter, and we started to uh, drive around. I, shot, I basically drove around, showed him some of the gun shops down here. Now, being a guest from Canada, he was interested in the shops and the culture, so uh, I do YouTube channels and stuff. And at the time, that worked out pretty good. We did some videos and some reviews. We've got a bunch of websites. So that all was uh, you know, content for the, the website. I have a website uh, that called Gun Shop Review that amazingly reviews gun shops. And uh, it was a lot of fun creating that content with Bob. So we uh, thought about how we could keep doing that. So we started doing a daily show. And it's evolved over the 700 episodes till today. One thing that's been consistent that entire time is that intro you just heard. It's from the movie Red Dawn, one of my favorite movies. I like the movie because uh, there's it's on, it's interesting on lots of levels. That intro is from a point in the movie where the kids who have uh, kind of taken the responsibility to uh, jump up into the woods to uh, start to uh, think about protecting their, their town and their country. And uh, after a little bit of reconnaissance into the town, they figured out they were in over their heads. And uh, they got the radio for the first time from one of their uh, allies in one of the ranches out of town. And at that point in the movie, they're listening. They're getting information for the first time. And it's coded. It's coded similar to the French Resistance during World War II. So on a couple of levels, I find that really interesting. And uh, this show is an attempt to uh, do something similar, to, to encourage people to get up off their butts and be part of the new media, be part of the effort we have here to, or the ability we have here to, uh, create content yourself and share it with everyone uh, for multiple reasons. And uh, we talk about that on Mondays. We talk about that often on during the show. So uh, that's what the show is all about for anybody who hasn't been here before. And uh, we've got an uh, open panel type of forum. We run this live on gunchannels.com each night. And there's a couple thousand members of gun channels, a couple of hundred uh, that are regular users, a couple of dozen that use the, the site every single day. And uh, we have lots of people who carry on conversations literally 24-7 over there. And uh, this show is a panel discussion from anyone who wants to jump in from gun channels to be part of the conversation. If you're watching this on another platform like gunstreamer.com or on guntube.org, two great Second Amendment-focused uh, video hosting platforms, we encourage you to check out the show live and uh, check it out on gun channels uh, midnights at the, or mid weeknights at midnight Eastern and grab a link and join us and be part of the conversation. Remember that as you're watching, you're also part of the conversation. So we have the comment, uh, the text box there. You can leave comments and be part of the show. Anyway, Clover's jumping in from Texas, content creator and longtime internet user. Thanks for jumping in. You bet. So uh, you just had your 
Patreon show. So that's something that you do for your Patreons, the people that financially support your projects. You right. do that like a private show for them once a month. Uh, every third Monday. Yeah. And I shouldn't say show. You're not like putting on entertainment for us. You're basically having a conversation, private conversation, let's say, with the people that are financially keeping your projects going. I really like that idea. Yeah, it's just to uh, to keep them aware of things that are going on, and then sometimes um, to get some feedback. Um, yes, a really good. It's a really good sample because those are the people that are supporting you. So. Those are people that have a some type of a vested interest in your projects, right? Oh, yeah. So it's good to get feedback, a feedback sample, and then kind of keep them aware of sort of what's coming down the line, you know, the new stuff coming down the line. And then, of course, we got the, the random drawing. We always do, too. And that's, that's always kind of fun because that's, um, you know, I don't have a set prize for that. That's, I kind of... You know, we, we pick the person, and then depending on who it is, I just kind of come up with something neat to, to send them that I think that that person might like or get a kick out of. You know what I mean? Let me ghost out there. I'm going to throw him a link. And, um, yeah, I think that um, that's one of the things that we've got uh, with this tech and everything, with the way that we're, I don't know, kind of evolving into the content that we're all creating is the this um interaction or whatever and i can tell you from my experience you know i started using youtube back in the day just you know here and there and then once uh i could see some community was happening over there and and the videos were new and interesting and our computers and i guess the videos were small enough that it was you know not difficult to uh, start editing and, and being part of it all i didn't have any intention there was no um existing entity to, to uh, model after so it was really just an experience and experimentation with it all anyhow from over the years you know we uh, started using youtube more and more and having conversations there and then at some point i think it was in like 2009 or 10 they started the partner program and that was uh, if you had enough momentum or size i forget what the qualifications were you could uh, get a partner channel and that allowed you to have basically allowed you to create your own uh, page there where everybody else's channel was kind of a static you know whatever the template was of YouTube at the time and the uh, partner level gave you the ability to create your own thumbnails which was you can as we all know now is massive power or you know massive feature and then it gave us the ability to kind of uh, using the modules that we have now uh, change our, our page to our own logos but also the layout that we wanted and that was uh, really interesting and that created a whole you know phenomenon or whatever but anyhow i can tell you from after accumulating 160,000 something subs it's different when you're creating videos for lots and lots and lots of audience and even then with a lot of audience you can only i mean i think for, I, I don't know everybody's different i guess but for me i couldn't think about how many 160 even like a hundred thousand people were like I got 100,000 people in 2014. So, you know, how do you know what 100,000 people? It's, it's almost difficult to think about that. You go to a concert that's a big concert is 30,000 people, right? So that's just tons of people. There's no way to know. So you can either just do what you want, which is always good, or uh, with the interaction with the people who are commenting. Uh, I use that as some direction. But anyway, I guess what I'm saying is you can, when you have a giant, giant audience and you're just throwing stuff out there, it's, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like you're actually, you, you don't 
shoot, you have a target and you shoot for it, you just kind of keep throwing darts. And I guess after a while, you can kind of see where where people tend to view the most darts, but you can pretty much just throw a dart in any direction is I guess what I'm getting at. You can almost do anything with that number number of subs and you're going to get response to it. Right. And that by itself can be a frustrating thing because then you can just start throwing darts in all directions and then you got to figure out which direction might have more appeal to you or something. So anyway, uh, it's no fun really having that many subs. And the, the, the reason I say that is because, again, you can't really have much direction in your content. So what I really appreciate Patreon for is that it does, it brings down to, it brings your focus, it gives you the ability to bring your focus down to where you're literally building it for the, what, dozens of people that you have supporting you. And um, and why wouldn't you want to give them some influence, right? I mean, if they're there and like, you know, we've all done it, I think, put up polls to say, what, what kind of area should we, which direction should we head into? And uh, that gives you actual direction of people that are not just casually aware of your content, but actually have some interest in it and to the point where they're, you know, financially involved with it, which is just neat. Everything that's neat. Right. Right. It's it's like, like, I've talked to them before and it, it's kind of like they're the stockholders, I guess, kind of in a way, you know, or, you know, I don't want to say necessarily board of directors, but you know, kind of like the, the stockholders or, or something. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a really neat dynamic, really neat relationship over there. I would say it's it's a little bit different. Like you know, I'm, I watch Shark Tank a lot. I really like that show. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've got your your investors or your you know. I always like to say that the uh, venture capitalists of content, right? People that are on Patreon or people that know that their influence, their couple of bucks, can help direct or help focus or help. You know, they can they can throw their money at something they and they actually in, are invested in, literally, but also interested in, and. Uh, so I guess I was going to say it's more like almost like if you're a musician and your audience is out there calling out songs, right? I mean, they literally paid a couple of bucks to get in there. So they are literally keeping you going, but they're also your audience. They're the people that you're creating the content for. So I think of the people on Patreon more like that, like the people at the club with you that are listening to your music. And I guess uh, YouTube would be more like you're making albums and you're trying to see which album sold, you know, to the... And then you got all the influence of the different stores and the distributors, and there's so much influence, it could be difficult when you're just at a club playing a guitar and there's a bunch of people sitting there and they yell out a song. You know, you know you're making at least one guy happy or one lady happy, and everybody else is tapping their feet, so you can kind of get some feedback. I, I think on my Patreon is more like that than. Uh, That's like, a good analogy. But they are financially invested. It's just that I think if somebody's financially invested to like want some return on it, you know, and I think that at least for me, I support 30 or something channels each month. Um, I'm not looking to get anything out of it other than the satisfaction or the, the um, I guess it's the satisfaction of knowing that I was able to help uh, people that are doing good effort, right? Putting out, you know, what's going to end up being good, solid Second Amendment content. And then there's, makes me so good. He jumped in. Mm-hmm. John Streamer gave him the key, the link. Right, right. Seal. Just Seal. Now we're getting shit. Uh, Ghost just jumped in from Arkansas. I don't know. Is he on the phone? In- hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm on the phone. We were just kind of chatting because page- uh, Clover just, well, you were in there. He just did his Patreon chat. So I've just been chatting Patreon a little bit here. Um, I don't know. You've been listening. Are you want to throw in there? Yeah, Patreon's, uh, I love Patreon. You know, it's one of those things where um, 
it's 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 an interesting dynamic and i remember you know when i first got on patreon i was really worried about getting on patreon i was like okay it's gonna be really weird you know this and the other but it's, it's really kind of put things in a whole different perspective because you do have people that obviously like what you're doing and want to support what you're doing on the flip side i support a bunch of, like you do we all do we all support other creators as well and uh, it's it's kind of a way to to kind of feed the fire and, and keep the circle of life going that you know if, if everybody's supporting everybody then i think it's, it just makes our community a little bit stronger you know, and another interesting thing is the whole sportsman's guide, right? Uh, taking on, taking on some creators, and that that introduces a whole dynamic that is groundbreaking. We haven't seen that happen yet, where you know, actual industries and cups and stuff can then come out and kind of direct and fan the flames of you know Second Amendment content creation too. Yeah, and that's where, man, I really, I, I agree. I think that's just the neatest thing and potentially something that's we're going to see new, right? Um, but, yeah, then that way, well, there's they cut out so many middlemen that way, I guess is the way I'm seeing it, right? They Money gets right to, when they're supporting somebody, it goes right to the end game and not, you know, like a, some kind of a strategy of what can I do here that I'll, engage someone enough to want to uh, buy something that eventually you know enough of people buy this then it'll add up to only a fraction of what they might actually you know just straight support you with sure yep yeah or you know even look at what they even look at what they may spend on you know if you talk about big companies i mean i can't speak for sportsman's guide obviously but you know, I'm going to generalize that if I had a big company like that, well, I'm sure a certain amount of my budget would probably go to something like, you know, firearms education and a certain amount of budget would go to, you know, Second Amendment advocacy and, you know, different things like that. So you're talking, if you're talking about a big company and they have those budgets in play, how difficult would it be then to, to siphon a little bit from each of those budgets and funnel those, like you say, straight to creators out there that are, you know, that are, have directly got the ear of, of an audience. Um, so, I mean, they can, in, in essence, like you say, cut out the middleman. They can accomplish the same thing without, you know, going and, and putting that money into, a, let's say, an organization or something like that. I'm just reading the YouTube side. Shadow Walker says, Devices said contact administrator. So, gee, who or what do I email for help? I'd like to spend my money and help the channel. I'm not sure what you mean by the beginning there. We said he he logged on. He said, uh, "Oh, it says continuing." Yeah. Ah, okay. So you're talking about on gun channels. I'll have to go check out. I'm not totally sure what's what's the deal is there, but I appreciate it and thanks for uh, the feedback there. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It could be a. I'm not sure. Some little glitch demon of some sort. It happens. Is it Shadow Walker over on Gun Channels also? Let's see if I can't see something on the other side, but I'll do that after the show or something. Probably so. Can you still, even though he doesn't pay, he can still log in, I guess. Interesting. Steven on the Gun Channel site is saying, he was saying something about um, like the, the earlier days of the Gun, the gun website's YouTube channel, so I was asking what, and he was saying some stuff, and then uh, 
He's asking, can you look up my first thumbs up? Nope. <laughs> That's something we can do? No. No. Yeah. Not that, I'm, not that I'm aware of. I don't think so, because I could probably, I mean, if I had an idea of what video means. They don't even tell, they don't even tell you who thumbed it up. So. No, that's one of the great things that I love about GunStreamer is you can see who thumbed videos up or down or whatever, and so that's, that's interesting. That is true, yeah, that is kind of cool. Now, something that this is totally different, but it kind of is because, you, like you said, on GunStream, I've noticed that too. You can see who thumbs down, which is interesting because most places don't do that. So Facebook goes out of their way to not have a thumbs down. You can only thumb up, right? And then they eventually, after years, put like what a sad face or something. So, uh, what do you think of platforms that give you uh, a plus and a minus? I like that. Like, really like YouTube gives you the thumbs down, which, you know. I like I don't like I like a I like a more direct thing like a plus minus or a thumb up thumb down. I don't like the Facebook where it's the like happy face, lappy, angry, sad, stupid crap. You know the different levels. I guess in the day of fifty-seven genders, I guess we got to have fifty-seven emoticons to how we feel about a post, right? How hard is it to determine if I like this or I don't like this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's hard to, as a content creator, it's hard to gauge feedback if you've just got mediocre responses, right? If you've got thumbs up or thumbs down, it's pretty easy to say, well, a bunch of people don't like this, or maybe this was controversial, and if it's a bunch of thumbs up, then it's like, oh, okay, well, everybody's enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone's going to have a built-in percentage of thumbs down that we're anticipating every video we do. It's kind of oh. built into the, the formula. But if you put a video out there that is overwhelmingly, you know, thumbs down or even 50-50, as a content creator, that tells me one of two things. Either I'm talking about a very controversial subject, and that's kind of the split 50-50, or it's not a controversial subject, and it's just really a crappy video that people are thumbing down. Either way, I'm getting feedback from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a direction my audience didn't like because <laughs> it's – Exactly. I probably won't be doing that video anymore, you know? <laughs> it was like the 13th or something. I remember the little message came up, we're going to adjust our stuff, and I forgot. And then I was looking the other day, and I'm like, what happened? Like, I lost, like, I don't know, 200 subs or something. I'm like, whoa, what did I do? What video happened? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, yeah, they, they went through and pulled up a bunch of drugs. Well, and, people, and people thumb down, if we're talking about thumbing down, people thumb down for a variety of reasons. And people only thumb up, really, if they they enjoy the content fully because people can can thumb down just because they don't like the quality of the video right there's something about the quality or the angle that it was shot or the lighting or something or the audio or just something silly like that it has nothing to do with the message at all and then there's people that don't agree with the message there's people that just you know there's the trolls there's the people that just flat don't like you um there's people that don't understand the point of the video. Um, I've had that before. Several of mine that have the most thumbs down, they don't get the point, you know. Uh, and I'll give an example: is my my video. It was really it was slamming Braden over at Langley Firearm Academy for talking about people need to run out and buy a hundred and fifty dollar Remington 742. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa! You know, the 742 is 
you know, you got to watch out for these problems, especially if you're buying a $150 rifle, used rifle somewhere. You know, you need to be real careful that it hasn't been shot to the point or neglected to the point that these problems, which are, you know, often seen in the 742s, don't exist, this, that, and the other. And, you know, I get a lot of thumbs down hate on that because people are like, well, I've owned that rifle for 37 years and killed six deer. And, and I'm like, okay, do you have you taken care of it? Well, yeah, you know, okay. Uh, and you know, you didn't, you're not, you didn't buy it used for 150 bucks. You, you're missing the point, you know? I think I'd be okay with uh, a bunch of thumbs down. As long as there was like one guy in the comment that comments that was like, Oh, thank you. This was awesome. Mm -hmm. This was the video I was looking for. You exactly. know, you helped yep. Yeah. And on that video, there's a lot. As a matter of fact, I get a lot of questions on it about the 760s and the 7600s, which are the same, um, same semi, the same design, but that's the pump models, right? And it's like, well, you know, if you know anything about the headspace problems with the, the 742, it has to do with just the violence of the bolt that wears and opens up the headspace. And it's primarily evident on the 30-06 model. And, you know, I tell them, look, you know, unless you're like the world's strongest man racking the rounds in there, um, no, the 77, uh, 760 and the 7600 probably are okay. Now, with that said, the metallurgy and the metals used and the basic, basic bolt design and all that is still the same. So, you know, with a lot of neglect, yeah, you could essentially have the same issue. I think one of the things that I know that I do, and I think that some people do, but a lot of people don't, is is they'll watch the video. And I try to, when I watch a video, I'll always try to thumb up and comment. Or at least I'll thumb up. You know, if it's a video that really doesn't have a comment thing or it's a comment about, but I'll try to thumb up and comment. I think a lot of people have just gotten so accustomed to watching our videos, which is great. I love getting the views and all that. But you'll have, let's say, 100 views, and you'll have 20 thumbs up. Either you like it or you don't, you know. <laughs> and I, I, I just wish people understood as, as creators, if you, like, if you actually do like that video, give it a thumbs up because that helps that video mm -hmm. in the algorithm and the SEO get promoted more. So if you're out there and you're watching videos, doesn't matter if it's mine or whoever's video, and you actually do like it, instead of just when it's finished, go to the next video, make sure you thumb that up because that does help that creator's video to hopefully get the message out to more people. Mm -hmm. And a share is worth even more. A share is huge. Oh, and if it helped you, I think that you might have some obligation even to share it, right? Because that's, you know, that's, that's kind of the whole premise of my channel is, you know, if I do something, I do something in the, in the capacity of trying to help and educate. And then in hopes that you take maybe what you've learned from me and then you pass that on to others and help others and sharing is a part of that. So if you've learned something or found benefit, then share it. So maybe somebody else that you know uh, can benefit from it. Yeah, because typically, let's say, let's just take Facebook, for instance, okay? If you were watching a video on YouTube and you like that video, typically the people that you're friends with on Facebook are going to be similarly like-minded than you are because you wouldn't be friends with them if they weren't, typically. So if you have to understand that if you like a video and it helped you out and you think there might be people out there that you're friends with like on Facebook or wherever, 
that actually might like that video as well, go ahead and share it and say, hey, saw this awesome video. It helped me a lot, or I really like the content. Maybe there's someone else out there that could get some info from it too. So, boom. Um, it's really, it is important because that's, that's the whole thing is, you know, there are people out there that are just trying to be entertainment. And there are some of us out there that are actually trying to create a catalog of information that can help people for years and years to come. It's not just the topic of the day. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Potatoes out there. He said, thumbs up uh, aren't always because he even likes the videos. So sometimes he doesn't like a video, but he, he appreciates what the creator is doing overall. Uh, so he likes the video because uh, he wants the creator to gain more attention. Um, well, first of all, I mean, that's, that's great. And I, I sort of, I think I sort of understand what he's saying in a way is that you can not like the video, maybe not like what's said or whatever, but still appreciate the video, uh, even if you like disagreed with it or whatever. Um, and I totally get that. The um, um, As far as gaining more attention or helping the creator, then the algorithm weighs the ups and downs the same. So thumb up or thumb down, it's, it's, it counts as engagement. Don't be too concerned with, you know, the, you know, don't be too conservative, I guess I should say, with the thumbs down. If you legitimately don't like it, then, hey, because YouTube's going to look at that and go, well, there's all these thumbs down, wonder why. You know, and other people look at that, too, and they go, oh, wow, this is controversial, right? Look, why is there all these thumbs down? So, the thumb, a lot of thumbs down can draw just as much attention as a lot of thumbs up. Oh. I wanted to, I saw when a couple of things, uh, Tata's comment there, and then people have been chatting a lot on the YouTube site, so it's scrolled by already, but I was going to say, what if we talk about it, we've been talking about what it's like for the human beings, and like Ghost was talking about, you know, what people might, or facilitating what people might be interested in, or showing them something that they might not have seen before, and, uh, you know, that's all human being side, but on the other side, Al Gore's side of the internet where all the tubes are. Um, you know, I try to talk about that all the time, that if the more interactions we do in the overall scheme, I don't, I, check, I end up looking at things from the big picture. In the overall scheme, if we had a, a, a motivated group of people, and I don't know how big that people might be, imagine taking one of the biggest YouTube channels, and that might be an indication of how many gun, in, you know, people that are interested in guns are on the internet, or on YouTube at least. If that many people were, were, active and realize the the power the potential that they have with their clicks uh each one it doesn't matter if it's a thumb or if it's a share or if it's a share this to facebook or what it might be uh, if it's a copy and paste a link all of those things are understood and corp and, and tracked and monitored by the guts of the internet the, the little robot so software that google runs to to make sure everything's legit and to offer the best um suggestions to people when they're surfing or browsing or whatever and, um, you know, I've talked about that a bunch. So thinking about it from the underside um, with the thumbs and the shares and all that, um, I guess, you know, my um, continual urging is for people to realize that by watching, you're a commodity for YouTube. By interacting, you become an individual. Like you become an actual player in the game and not just a, a number or, or you know, accumulation of numbers. So um, what do you guys think of that? Is that, I don't know, is that too much to ask 
an, an, an audience or I don't know where to go with that, but you know, looking at it from the other side, from the dube side. I think that a lot of it comes down to if, if you're doing something on a consistent basis, and I'm not talking about individual videos, but if a creator is doing something that is seemingly interesting overall as a channel, I think that's when you start seeing the people more engaged with a thumbs up, with a sharing and all of that, because they, they feel like they have a vested interest because like, man, I, every time this guy puts a video out, he kind of hits home with me. And I think that if once you find, and this is something that happens when channels were, are very young and I went through the same thing is you kind of have to find your way and find the path and the mission that you really kind of hit home with. And I think, you know, my, my mission is obviously different than Clover's, but we share a lot of the same audience. And I think a lot of that is because our personalities are the same and we do a lot of things together, but our missions and our, our platforms are different. But I think what you have, like you said, is if you have a motivated group of people that are kind of your core group and they are promoting or they are supporting, they're engaging, then you do become part of that channel and, and that channel does become part of the community because at that point now, I might be, I might be misunderstanding what you're saying, but I think I, I think I understand what you're saying. But when, when you have that core group, that's always supporting and thumbing it up and sharing and all of that, that only, not only helps them become part of that channel in that core group, but it helps that channel become part of a bigger community because they're getting more exposure and they're getting more eyes on them. So I think it kind of feeds itself. And I might be way off on what you're trying to say, but is that, is that anywhere close to what you're trying to say? Wait, me or Clover? You. Talking about the engagement with that core group of supporting and all that. Well, and I guess, yeah, I think that's maybe what I was trying to get at, too, is like I know that, you know, if we've got, 20 people that watch our stuff or a dozen people or whatever it happens to be that watch our stuff on a regular basis, we can anticipate that they're going to give us a thumb or whatever, but then is it, I don't know, is it worth motivating, trying to motivate the rest of the you know, many people, hundred people or something that might watch a video to get active and do stuff or what? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to kind of, I had a, a buddy of mine who put a Facebook post out and he says, Hey, I'm thinking about starting his YouTube channel. And he actually asked his Facebook friends, what kind of stuff would you like for me to put out? And I told him, I said, do what you're passionate with, whatever that is. If it's drills and training or if it's, you know, smithing or if it's, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're passionate about, do that because you're going to find a group of people that are interested in the same thing. They might be somewhere else in the world, it might not just be in your hometown or in the, in the country. But if you find that core group, what that does for me is give me the motivation to sit there and say, okay, I've got my core group that I know is going to support me no matter what. I've got that. Now I'm confident in myself to know that now I can go and reach others. And hopefully there's more people out there. I know there's a lot more people out there that, that shoot at the range. So maybe I can try to get them to come watch my drills or whatever. So I think that, that core isn't very important. And that kind of gives you the motivation to go after those other 80 to 100 people or whatever it is. Yep. 
All right, we got a lot of stuff happening, and I'm trying to read the chat, and it's not working. So I'm going to do a palate cleanser. It's episode 711. Like I say, we had an agreement with the 711 convenience store chain today. That all you had to do is walk in and say it's Daily Gun Show 711th episode, and you got all the free Slurpees you wanted. So what flavor Slurpee are you into? We'll go left to right, and we'll expect the people out in the chat to uh, comment as well, and we'll see how it all adds up. So, Clover? Um... You know what? I don't know. I don't know because there's not any 7-Elevens close to me. So I'm kind of wondering. Have you been to one ever, though? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I have. But you didn't necessarily get a Slurpee. So Dead Horse? Yeah, no. Pina Colada. Oh, Ghost? Mine was always the Coca-Cola Slurpee. Mm, that's solid. Mine was Cherry. So, um, is there a blue one? Yeah, I think, yeah, there was, I think it was like blue raspberry or something like that. Is that what it was? Maybe we just called it blue always, but yeah, there was a blue seems like one. Seems like I've had the blue one. Of course, Pink is saying Mountain Dew, and he has a link on the Gun Channel side. So, my next question after what flavor of Slurpee Slim is saying cola? I can, I'm down with the cola. Um, my next question is I knew of 7 Elevens had Slurpees. Mm-hmm. They weren't necessarily the best, but they were good. Then there was Kmart that had something called an Icy, and that had like little balls of ice. And then there was others. So as far as frozen, whatever Slurpee type of drinks are, whatever chain, whatever convenience store, whatever gas station, is there a type of Slurpee that you prefer over a 7-Eleven Slurpee? Anyone? Oh, uh, the Icy's. We have Icy's here. Um, man, the cherry lime is good, and the um, I mean the the blue raspberry, I guess is what it is, or the blue one. But I don't. I, even, I, used to, I don't but, usually go for the cola ones with those because I mean I can get a cola, so why would I do that? Oh, that's they, what I used to do with the Coke. Is I'd get the Coke Slurpee, but what I'd do is that on top of it, I would go to the Coke machine little fountain Coke and actually put a little bit of Coke on top of the Slurpee, just for the extra flavor. And that was pretty dang good. What about Coke? Most you know, like Coke Slurpee, most of the way, and then top it off with cherry Slurpee or vice versa. You got a cherry Coke. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. That'd be okay. I'm, I was never a big fan of Cola cause they always tried to make me drink RC and I don't like RC. So I never drank Cola very much except for Coke Slurpees or Cola Slurpees. I don't, were they Coca-Cola? I guess they were. Yeah, yeah we, we call them Coke Slurpees, but I don't know. In Dallas, they were called Coke Slurpees. Okay. but it, So that I meant, then I didn't mind. But anyway, I think they were... It would be like if you took Coca-Cola and put it in, a fridge, in the freezer, right? And it got all gross. Oh, yeah. Actually drink it, though. So that's why I liked it. Because it was, like I say, it was better than drinking a soda, I guess, when it's super hot out. Oh, we yeah, got a little... To... Oh, go ahead. I said we used to kind of just every now and then we would go and 7-Eleven was big because we had the Slurpees and you also had the Big Gulp. And the Big Gulp was, for me at least, the first gas station that had like the mega-sized drinks. So, oh yeah, we would we loved 7-Eleven growing up. I think he's saying, is RC Cola old? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You guys know RC, right? It's been around forever, yeah. 
I like I like RC. Uh, I mean, now that, let me take that back. I I don't do car. I don't do caffeinated, and haven't in quite some time. But uh, before that, I mean, yeah, I, I remember growing up through um, elementary school, grade school, junior high, high school, whatever. I mean, RC machines is what we had in school, so uh, was just used to it. I mean, it's different than Coke. It's not the same as cola, but it's different than Coca-Cola. That's what I mean. I didn't like Coca-Cola either. I didn't like any cola, but yeah, it's it's not Pepsi either. So it's kind of in that middle between Pepsi and Coke, you know. Well, if there's Pepsi and there's Coke, I consider RC to be like in the Coke's direction, but further away from Pepsi. Sure. Yeah. RC. One thing I think with RC, and I think all I think all colas are this way. I think it has to do with how quickly the and I, and I don't know it's something to do with the chemistry of cola i guess but how how quickly the carbonation dissipates or something it seems like rc if you like set an rc down for very long um to me it's it's nasty when you go back to it and coke i don't really get that with like coca-cola so i, I this is off topic but since it's cola related I, I get this website usually every day and it comes up with a five random facts every day. One of them just happened to be today was, and I don't know, you guys might have known this, but in World War II, did you know that Coca-Cola made a clear version of Coca-Cola for the Russians? Hmm. Our allied, the Russians, liked the taste of Coca-Cola, so they made it, but they, they, they did a marketing ploy. They made it clear because they thought that more Russians would buy Coke because it looked like vodka. That's a strange fact, but it's interesting. But it's true. You know, they made, do you remember Pepsi Clear? They've done that with other yeah. sodas. Oh, yeah. 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 So Dead Horse can tell you about Pepsi and the Soviet Union. Yeah. Did you know at one time uh, Pepsi had the fourth largest Navy in the world because of the Soviet Union? Wow. They owned more nuclear submarines than like every other country except us and Russia. Yeah. Pepsi, the company, owned more nuclear submarines than any other country. Really? Yep, because uh, they had uh, Pepsi was re held responsible for ending the Cold War. But uh, the ruble was basically worthless like anywhere else in the world. But Russians wanted Pepsi. So the and Pepsi wasn't taking rubles in payment. So uh, as a favor to the president at the time, Pepsi started taking old Soviet scrap ships, which were gone through by the CIA and, you know, look like, you know, for intelligence, which they did find intelligence out of some of these ships, like old naval charts on where the subs had been, which led to them finding out about possible interactions of sinking other country subs and stuff and some foul play on their part. But, uh, but yeah, uh, between surface ships and uh, submarines, Pepsi had like the fourth largest Navy in the world at one time, strictly from uh, taking in old Russian military boats and subs. Wow. Kind of cool. And they started that whole thing because, what, somebody went over there and they fed them Pepsi or they gave them Pepsi to drink or something? Yeah, the... Uh, uh, the the leader of Russia, the uh, what did they call him? Not uh, premier, premier. Yeah, so they they tricked him with uh, Pepsi. Like, uh, who was it? Was it uh, 
what president was it that tricked him with it? Was it like Johnson or Lyndon B. Johnson? It was like someone tricked him with it and uh, was drinking it in front of him. One of our presidents was drinking it in front of him and like, uh, and they purposely turned up the heat and made it all hot in the room. And then like a Time magazine photographer got the picture like at the perfect time when he got offered a Coke and or take, you know, or a Pepsi and is taking this American drink. And it was a sign of like, oh, capitalism prevails, right? And uh, so it was like a huge media thing back in the day. That's interesting. And that was a propaganda war. Right? Like cleanser for uh, the 7 Eleven show. So, besides Slurpees, what else do you go to a 7 Eleven for? Or a convenience store, fill in the blank. Nachos. These days. We're gonna, oh, really? Really? We're going to steal from Matt and go round robin until somebody's the last person who can think of something to get at a convenience store. He'll probably go for a minute. So, Ghost. Pizza. Hmm. I'll go with uh, cigarettes. You go to a convenience store for a pizza? Have you oh, ever yeah. had like some of the gas station pizza? It's amazing. Yeah. Tombstones and like the local versions of tombstones can be incredible. They can be gross, but they can be incredible. Yeah, they right. can be. Uh, local gas station powdered donuts. Uh, you're talking like in a bag, little ones. Uh, yeah, or the little six pack ones. Even. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because nowadays the the convenience stores around here have like actual. Do- I don't know where they, but like you know, donuts that you have to grab one at a time from the little cabinet thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the uh, Krispy Kreme or some, yeah, yeah, local place. Yeah. No, no, no. Powdered sugar, powdered, you know, donut. Uh, dead horse. Well, energy drink. That's a good one. Ghost. Chips. That's good. I'll go with nuts. I get peanuts and stuff when I'm going to them. Uh, Clover. Uh, peanut butter crackers. Hmm. I have tried crackers more often. I don't think about those when I stop. Well, they got got all kinds. I mean, I say peanut butter crackers. You can open it up to, they've got them to where it's like the, they've got like cheese and chives. Yeah, yeah. It's like a a cheese with like a green onion and like a buttery. Like a club club cracker, yeah. Yeah, with like a club cracker. Yeah, those are good. Those are good. Uh, Dead horse? Yes. (laughs) All right. No kidding. Duh. (laughs) <laughs> um, bread alright I've heard of that then I'll go with milk because I've definitely bought milk out Clover lottery tickets oh that's another one yeah oh yeah dead horse the bathroom oh damn yeah I'd definitely go to the bathroom zone. Uh, I'll go with condoms yeah do wait did I skip ghost did I gizzard him ghost uh, I'm going to go with air for your tires Oh, that's a good one. Except I have to. I'm all cheap about it. I know the ones that have free gear. Yeah. Uh, Clover. Ice. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. Uh, dead horse. Beef jerky. Yeah. Valid ghost. Beer. Oh snap! Half <laughs> 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 reason they're in business. Yeah. So I'll go that the easy route and say booze because there's always those little bottles of booze sure. back there. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I've definitely bought booze at <laughs> convenience Oh, store. yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Clover? Um, peanuts. I already said that one. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh, yeah, we've had so many. I don't know. Uh, candy bar. Oh, shit. That's another probably 80% of their sales. Dead horse? Oil. All right. We'll count. All, we'll not so that not like... Automotive stuff, yeah. Cool. Automotive stuff, yeah. 
Uh, ghost. That's a good one, though. It's always more. Um, uh, medicine. They have, like, you know, Tylenol oh, and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just always going to cheat off a of ghost and say the, like, pep pills. I mean, it's not quite energy drinks, but, like, they got the trucker yeah, pills. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clover. Uh, cell phone accessories. Oh, mm -hmm. snap. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Dead horse? Gun magazine. Oh, they were gun ghost. <laughs> I'm gonna go with ice cream. They have like little little shells of ice cream they always get. Stole yeah. mine. Stole mine. Uh, that's where I ended up getting those little dots. Like, what are they called? Ice cream dots or whatever. Oh yeah, dipping dots. Yeah. I didn't even know about those when I were gone. Oh, oh I just ever. had one, and now I can't think of what it was. I couldn't steal off of ice cream. Um, newspapers. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Clover? Um, man, it really depends on what gas station you're talking about, I guess. Um, if, if we're talking about the ones around here, ammunition. Seriously? I've been to gas stations with ammo, for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. I wish I had some of those here. Uh, dead horse. Uh, sandwiches and hot dog sandwiches. Yeah, they definitely have those. Some of them, it's like pizzas, though. Some of them are like You'll eat it on a dare, or like if you're starving, and then other ones like you'll go across they town. Usually have expiration dates on the ones in the cooler and stuff, you know. Oh no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Some of them are like they put you know, like a real deli in the back or whatever, and they're whipping out really better than Subway type sandwiches every day. Mm -hmm. and, or at least I've seen people in line buying them. So I'm assuming they're like that. Uh, ghost. Coffee. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. I'm reading the side chat over there, so that's that's cheap. Uh, it is cheating. Did somebody already said lottery tickets? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm having a grasp at this point now. <laughs> well, how, how long do you, how long before the buzzer tick yeah, goes exactly. off? I think I got timed out of Bruce Willis a minute ago. I didn't get one. <laughs> um, uh, we already said magazine, so I, I'm going to have to – I can't think of one. So, Clover? Um, yeah, I had one too. Crap, what was it? Ah, oh, this is something that I don't know that I don't know that this is going to be. I don't know that this is going to be relevant, but I can tell you what: when my phone died in Tulsa the first time we went, and it was like late at night, and thank God I run into Mister Wright uh, at the uh, at the gas station down the road because my intention was to go in there and buy this because my phone was dead. A map. Oh yeah, yeah, and you can't yeah. do that. They don't always have maps anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, Dano, you know what we're doing? I have no idea what I stepped into. Well, we're almost at the end. I don't know if you're going to be able to keep up, but try to. Uh, we're we're going through things you could get at a convenience store. I've already dropped out. We're doing like a round robin or whatever till there's okay. one last man standing. We put almost everything. If you guys are cheating and reading the YouTube side, there's all kinds of hints. But if you're not, there are things that we missed. <laughs> yeah, I have not. Clover. Or wait, where were we at? Dead horse. Dead horse now. Directions. Oh, that's it. That's valid. Ghost. Dog food. Well, that's okay. It is I've bad. bought dog food there before. But I would urge everyone, please don't buy Purina dog food at those places or whatever. Well, no, I'm just saying, but I have I've had to an emergency situation. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. In the olden days, I agree. But now anymore, I would go to a Walmart because they're open 24-7. That's also. true. That's but true. yeah, back in the day, definitely, especially when you're traveling and stuff. Yeah. Um, now it's back to Clover. 
Now, Ghost said pizza. Does has anybody said anything about breakfast sandwiches? That's that's separate. That's separate because they'll also clear them out half the time and put something else out there later, right? So that's, that's true. Yeah. And again, that's the kind of thing where sometimes it's all you got, but other times there's gas stations like there's this one where we used to go hunting south of here, and would all wait and eat there for like because they did this bagel thing that was mass. It was incredible. Uh, dead horse. Propane. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm gonna count the firewood and the charcoal. Just people have been roll call said charcoal, but that's valid to going camping and stuff and you're screwed. They got the big propane bottles out in the rack so in front of the blue rhino the stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And a lot of people use those because if your if your store doesn't have it then that's... Yeah, for your barbecue and yeah. Uh clover or I mean coast. Depending on the time of day, I would say something that used to resemble something that looked like a hot dog at one point in its life. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you get those hot dogs that are like eight hours old and they're just nasty looking, but hot dogs? Mm, I guess we'll call it separate, but uh, clover. What about the, the microwave sandwiches that they have? They have the hot pockets and the different, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Not yeah. the prepared ones, but like the stuff basically out of like the microwave burritos, I'm going to call all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's in a little refrigerator over there and they got, yeah, there's all kind of little weird, it's not a freezer, you know, but yeah, you, and the microwave's there and you throw them in there and heat them up. Oh, yeah, and I know people that have lived off of those convenience store microwavable foods at lunches and stuff. Uh, dead horse. Ice. You already said ice. Oh, I think. Um, oh, did you want to turn? I just didn't include you guys because these guys were kind of facing off already. Well, I can wait till later. Well, I'll put you in the rotation. Okay. Uh, did you guys mention any medicines like diarrhea? Yeah. Advil? Yeah, we got yep. that one. Like I said, these guys, we've been going for a while. Okay, duct tape? Mm, we haven't actually said that one yet, so we'll take that. But uh, that's also going to include all, like, house, you know, tacks or nails or screws or anything like that. You get, there's convenience stores that sell an axe? I mean, if you get out in a camping area or hunting area, you're going to get camping supplies and stuff at a convenience store. Gary, you want to throw in on theirs? Well, I can tell you one thing you have to go to the convenience store for, and that's if you're out of it in the middle of the night and your nearest Walmart is 30 miles away and you're out of toilet paper, you oh, better go to the convenience store. Oh, I never store. thought about that. Yeah. Uh, Clover. Um, yeah, I guess at this point, good Lord. One giant one that we missed, and it hardly has been said in the chat. And I'll just... Is it for the ladies? Is it the batteries? Oh, for both. Oh, nobody said batteries. That's a good batteries. one. Yeah. Batteries. Batteries is a good one. Anybody mentioned feminine hygiene? Are we just throwing stuff out now, or are we going in order here? No, let's... Good let's, point. Let's, good point. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're getting towards the end. So I'm going to say I've got one in mind. You guys throw them out until you hit it. And hits it. I'm going to say... Um, it's only been said kind of once out in the chat. Kind of. Not even. I want to say like uh, detergent. Oh, that's a good one, but no. But yeah, soap. Okay. Donuts. Oh, shit. Pants said stamps, and I didn't think about stamps. Ice cream? Money orders? That ice cream. That's I want to say order. like school supplies, like pens and paper. That's Phone valid. card? Beer? Phone cards. Postcards. You said booze, yeah. Postcard? Postcard. That's true, I guess. And it's kind of like a map. Like if you're in an area and you're not sure where to go, like you might check a, a convenience store or a gas station for a card. Like I'm going to say like t-shirts and hats. You're talking like souvenir stuff? Yeah. Souvenir stuff, yeah. Somebody already say like uh, phone minutes for a card? 
we have just done, yeah. But, uh, oh. but that's a valid one because a lot of times people uh, travel and you had to do that back then. But like water and Gatorade. You would have really said that, so that's true. How about gas? You might say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was early. Liquor? We said that one. Yeah, we, we covered that on many. <laughs> All right, Smoke, so think, tobacco products? Yep, yep. I got that. How about a, how about a phone? Water tickets. We said that one. So I'm going to say we're going to end it. The one that I don't think we said yet. I don't think we said, I think somebody said candy, but did anybody say gum? I think gum is. Oh, I was thinking gum, but I figured that would fall under candy. Gum is a candy. Yeah, it kind of well, is. Slim Jim's a candy. I wasn't. I wasn't. Th I was thinking. I said candy, and I was thinking of gum being separate when I said that. And the opposite of a hot dog is not a sandwich. When I think of candy, I think of like a kid or somebody with a sweet tooth. When I think of gum, that could be like a smoker, somebody who's drinking, somebody who yeah didn't much brush their teeth. Like a lot of people do gum. People yeah. Well, and you've got chewing gum, and then you've got bubble gum, right? Yeah, that's two different things too. Oh, sunglasses. That's another good one. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. cheap sunglasses. I've, I've got a thousand pair of those. Yep. And they're rarely cheap. And we did that because this is episode 711. So I hope everyone took us up on the free Slurpees today. And uh, it cost a lot of money. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy millions of gallons of Slurpee material. <laughs> wow. It was a gamble, but I probably should have done more promotion of it. But we'll see. We'll see I bet you it paid off. We got 23 viewers, so I think it was worth $1 million. Yep. Most uh, definitely. So just another little convenience store thing. When I was in school, one of our friends ran a convenience store during the night. Not ran, but like you know, his job was at the convenience store during the night. They had like a 30% like theft like budget. Like They expected 30% of the stuff in the store to get stolen. <laughs> like that was Holy cow. Yeah, this was right by the U of A. And it was like mostly beer. It was like that was like thirty percent of their budget was like beer runs or something. Well, see, like when I was in high school, like the local, like the the corner gas station that was coming up my house, he was one of those people that if you if you got there past ten o'clock, he was a guy. If you had money, he'd sell you. He didn't ever check ID, and so that's why we bought a lot of beer from there because he never carded. He didn't care. So yeah, we bought a lot of beer from the gas station. How big of a thing are, since we're talking convenience stores and why not, it's my show, I can do whatever I want. So convenience stores, I don't think they're unique to our country, but I don't travel internationally, so somebody can tell me if that's true or not. But how big of a thing is convenience stores? When you think of things like frozen food, I think of that as being like you know freezers and frozen food, massive change in everything, right? Uh, corn syrup and the whole corn industry and stuff, like massive change in everything. Um, fast food, you know, drive ups and stuff, massive change and everything. All the corporate chains now, you know, massive change in food. Um, gas stations and credit cards and stuff, massive change in gas stations. Like uh, um, how influential have 7 Elevens and the convenience store been to the American culture? I can tell you in Japan, because uh, I spent a lot of time in Japan. That Japanese gas stations are just that. They're 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 like our old gas stations where you can go get gas, or you can get oil change, you can get tune-ups, and all that. They don't have the convenience store inside. Now, typically, they have convenience stores. They're smaller stores on a corner of the streets, but they're not attached to a gas station type thing. So, um, over in Japan, they still do sell uh, full service gas. Like you pull up and you don't get out of your car. They put the gas in for you still. But um, 
they have stores, but they're not attached to gas stations like most of them are here these days. In uh, this is going back to the seventies, but uh, uh, in uh, England, France, Germany, Switzerland, uh, they had convenience stores that were not necessarily gas stations. Uh, that was a fairly common thing, especially in cities where space is limited. Uh, out in the countryside uh, was where you were more likely to get, if you were like off of their whatever they call their interstates, um, uh, a gas station that would also have additional convenience items, although not necessarily what we think of as a full-blown convenience store, but they would have quite a few things. But in town, it was either a gas station or a convenience store. It was not both. But that was, you know, 40 years ago or whatever it was. And that's sort of the way it was when I remember being a kid, too. There was gas stations and convenience stores were kind of separate. They've been kind of, I don't know, how. when did they kind of merge? Seems like maybe the 90s or something they started. Yeah, probably the 90s, yeah. When Exxon and all the big gas companies started getting into the grocery business, you know. Yeah, they figured out they could make you more money if they sold bread for twice as much as the store. Yeah, exactly. But our whole like travel and vehicle culture, I mean, it it's probably, I don't know if it, I guess somebody else have to figure out if it fed the culture or if the culture required, I mean, if it was just a natural result of us driving around that, you know, it's going to get more and more convenient. I think a lot of it started, honestly, um, in America, at least I'd say with the trucking company, with the truckers driving on the highway, that's when you start seeing the gas stations that would have food and showers and the, the truck stops kind of revolutionize what we thought of convenience stores because they travel so much they can go into one place get their get their diesel get something to eat get some snacks get some sodas whatever so i think maybe the truck stops kind of revolutionized it yeah i i agree with ghost 100 percent. i think uh the trucking industry was the next logical step after the train um uh, explosion in this country as far as moving goods and services around and as a byproduct of our American culture was us being able to piggyback off of these great infrastructures that were made for initially for trucks, uh, but then for us to uh, travel and enjoy life. I mean, we've always had that ability or, or that want and desire to whether it was just the next town over or whether it was the next county or the next state. But now because of technology and the infrastructure that's been laid down, we can go much further. I'm done. <laughs> thank you Eisenhower right um, do when you go into well, I think one of the neat things about shops still and why I'm glad that magazines haven't died is that most of the time I go into a convenience store there's at least a gun magazine or something to look at I'm in a line or something and I have to look around for something you know there's, there's a presence of firearms in these stores usually yeah, still, uh, they'll have recoil, or they'll have concealed carry, or they'll have, you know, they have several of them in there, the ones at least around here. And I hope that's an indication, I doubt that at this day and age, that they would bother to print, distribute, and all that if they weren't moving them, right? Yeah, one thing I've noticed, I don't know if anybody else has, is the prices on them. Uh, prices on magazines, and I don't know if it's because you know they're just not selling, and they got a that's yeah. a yeah. result or what. But they're you know used to, I mean, buck ninety nine, two ninety nine or something, you know. And then before you knew it, they were five bucks, and then some of them now are 
like you know, twelve bucks, and twelve dollars. Yeah. Or they they come out with them like four times a year or twice a year, and it's fourteen bucks. Right. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Would you rather, since we're talking about magazines now, would you rather have like whatever the like really inexpensive quality paper and have it be five bucks or less, or the twelve dollars? Because nowadays, when they're twelve dollars, they usually going to last forever. They're really really nice magazines. You know, the quality. I like the nice magazines because I'll tend to read several things, like read them a couple times and keep them around and especially like on trips and stuff, right? Like I might read a magazine front to back on a, on a trip, you know, three times or something, you know, while waiting at the airport and planes and stuff like that. So yeah, like I think I'd rather have a nicer one. For myself, it depends on, as an example, I'll use um, a consumer reports, annual car report where they just not just have the new cars, but they also had go back for 10 years on the ratings of all the cars and, and, and the, various categories of each and how reliable or unreliable they were something like that i'm willing to pay more because i want it as a reference material for the next year not just you know for for, for like an airplane ride yeah. versus say, uh, basic eye candy of uh, you know pictures of guns with no good review yeah that's that's i'm the same way with like my hand loader magazines and stuff like that that's something i'm going to keep around and so yeah, I don't mind paying a little extra for it to be in a little more sturdy and that sort of stuff. It's going to get long-term use, right? So it sounds like, and I'm the same way, so it sounds like if it's something's going to come out once or twice a year, you want it to be good quality, but if it's every month, you could really care less? Because I'm, I'm that way. I, I agree with that, basically. I mean, remember when Shotgun News was still Shotgun News and it was paper? I used to love that. I don't care if it was paper. It was like almost a newspaper. It was a newspaper. Yeah, as far as the text, it doesn't matter to me what kind of paper it's on, as long as I can read it. But they do not hold up. I mean, they fall apart after a while. Were you going to say something, Angelina? Um, yeah, I was going to say that if it's, you know, a off thing that comes out often, I don't really care what paper it's on. Are you just going to copy off a of ghost? Oh, yeah, I was just copying off ghosts before he said it. I was trying to mansplain so she doesn't get bored. Well, you know. Well, as long as she doesn't, it is what it is. To us, we're okay. So, mansplain. Uh, one of the we used to do. Well, still kind of do. A member of the day today. We're doing a podcast of the day. I don't know if I'm allowed to screen share this or not, but I'm gonna do it anyway. So, uh, I've been listening to this podcast. I found out about the other day through the um, what are they called? Something. Uh, the new network for the Pro Two A podcast. Does he have a link to it? Can't think of the name. the The one that uh, Masada Yub's podcast is in, and you want Firearm Network or something like that. Anyway, he, I found it from another podcast, and it's called Riding Shotgun with Charlie. And I'm going to drop the link in here. He's got 281 subscribers. So I'm going to play a little game over here. We're going to drop the link on the one platform, and then we'll drop it over here on Gun Channels. And then uh, encourage people to check this this place out. We'll see if the subscriber numbers change here. Uh, he started out recent, fairly recently, and uh, it's this you can see from the thumbnails. So he just puts the camera out like it's. I think it's just a dash cam pointing backwards, and then he puts his phone over here to get two camera angles. And he just drives around for maybe half an hour or so with uh, people from the Second Amendment community, activists and researchers and authors, and uh, he started doing this and ended up um, meeting up with Mark Walters, the syndicated radio guy, 
and that Mark Walters guy said it was a cool. From what I understand, he said it was a cool concept, and he helped him uh, get even you know, more uh, contacts and reach. Or I'm not sure, but uh, it seems to be blossoming quite a bit. And he's got lots and lots of people who are really active in the community. He's got some people here that are, um, you know, people who have been around forever, and just really interesting. He. Uh, you know, picks them up basically, and then they drive somewhere. Sometimes they talk about where they're going or whatever, but mostly it's about the person or their projects or whatever it is. And uh, super fun, uh, easy to digest. You just I don't even have to watch really, but it is neat to see the reactions. And if you are watching it, you know, you can see them having a good time or whatever. But for me, I like you know I listen, and uh, really neat. And can't recommend it enough. And what do they start with? Two hundred and eighty-one. We'll see how many subs we can get them. Uh, if you want, just as an experiment, jump in. I just listened to this Rhonda. She's uh, Chicago Guns Matter. So after um, you know Chicago got uh, concealed, well Illinois got concealed carry. Chicago was being a jerk about it, and uh, Rhonda um, stood up, said nope. And Second Amendment Foundation paid for two uh, lawsuits at this point, and they're continuing to you know effort towards rights in Chicago. So. Uh, is that the uh, black attorney gal with the hair braids? No. Yes. Is she an attorney? Yeah, I think okay. she is. I think I read an article about her, and she was like a. If it's who I'm thinking, she's like a pretty accomplished attorney. She's so. the one I spoke to at the gun rights policy conference. Well, you'll know in a second. Are you looking at my screen? I didn't. I didn't think she was an attorney. She said she's a mom, and she's. Oh, that's her. Oh, okay. I didn't realize she was an attorney. Yeah, so she's Black Guns, or Chicago Guns Matter. And, uh, you know, if you want to find out about Chicago Guns Matter, listen to this podcast. It's what, 30 It's kind seconds. of like the uh, that thing that Jerry Seinfeld does. He goes, like, drinking coffee in a car with comedians or something, but they just kind of sit in the car driving around talking. Oh, okay. So that's probably where I got the concept from. Now, you yeah. might know this guy, Charlie, I guess, because he's uh, he had a viral video where um, he was playing Jingle Bells or something by shooting. Right, like mm -hmm. bang, 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 kind of thing, and yeah. uh, it blew up. And he has that on another channel, but instead of just doing something basically frivolous, he wanted to start doing something with some meat, and started doing this. And this is, uh, I don't know for him if it's what the percentage is, but uh, he seems to be, you know, putting some real effort into it. And uh, anyway, I thought it was a good channel. We're going to talk about that, and then I'm going to use that to um, be a table of contents, and we'll start featuring some of the people he's talked to and uh, and then others as we go forward with the uh, show, talking about members of the day. I like it. So we're up to 285, so I've got a bunch of subscribers over there. But anyway, as I say, if you want, jump in there, drop a link on the main one, so tell them the Daily Gun Show sent you over, and I'm trying to get them to let me listen to his podcasts on my shows. So I've written him an email, but maybe if we can poke them. I think you should try to get on his show, but he won't be able to use a camera. Yeah, I don't care about being on the show, but when I'm doing my work, I got a bunch of work I'm going to be doing here the next couple of weeks. Uh, I have the okay from a couple of other pro-gun podcasts. I know I can listen to your guys' shows. So if I'm going to be online for like four hours doing work and I want to listen to something, you know, I don't want to have to talk for four hours, so I'll just, you know, I want to be able to listen to some of that stuff and then, you know, it helps promote their shows and then the people that he's talking to. Um, I listened to this one from... I gonna be able to find it. Um, has anybody heard of? All right, 
it's going to take me a minute. Oh, maybe I can look at my history, huh? I'm on YouTube. If I watched it from this channel, I did. Um, has anyone ever heard of Michael Bethencourt? Michael D. Bethencourt? Nope. No. No. The name sounded familiar to me when I saw it. That's why I listened to it. And it's a 45-minute one. Really, really neat. This guy is an advocate of snub guns, snub barrel, you know, small revolvers for defensive use, and uh, has really neat stuff. He talks about a, a competition, I guess, like a shooting a, a event uh, where it's in a noir theme. So instead of like cowboy action or instead of some kind of tactical military thing, it's noir, right? So detectives of the 30s, I guess, 40s, mm -hmm. and uh, snub guns. So uh, short barrel revolvers, and he says there's two stages with reloads from speed loaders, two stages with reloads from speed strips, two stages from reloads with loose ammo, and then the last stage is paintball revolvers, uh, revolvers that shoot paint, and you against potentially multiple adversaries, so actual little force on force. And uh, these are competitions, events, whatever you want to call them, uh, that he does like once a year at a range, so it'll happen often but like once a year at a range so it's not like a weekly thing so it's a more elaborate than your typical once a month month type of uh thing anyway just a really interesting guy he also does a lot of hand-to-hand -hand and uh it's just interesting here and he started out being a carny at a carnivals as a kid interesting uh, got kicked out of every college i think he said he went to like 10 plus colleges he got kicked out of every one uh and then started selling police supplies back in the day uh and then because he was selling police supplies, he uh, started to ask to go to training uh, so that he could sell the supplies better. And he, he got became interested in the training, and it he became uh, um, you know, invested in the training end of it from all that. So it's an interesting story, and he talks all about it. They're in Boston, and they go to the bridge where the Revolutionary War started. So it's just ultimately fascinating. It's a really neat uh, concept, and he executes, executes it really well. And uh, production-wise, it's pretty decent. I mean, there's a little bit of fuzziness sometimes when the camera is bouncing, but audio-wise and clarity and everything, uh, very well done. So, uh, so, can't so this guy, I guess this guy travels all over the country to to drive around with people. Well, for example, he went to the gun rights policy conference, and yeah. he does half an hour rides. So, I'm assuming that during the conference, he he snuck people away, drove around with them, and then that created a bunch of content. So it's obviously well funded then somehow if he's going to be traveling all over the country. He's not traveling all over. That's what I'm saying. He went to the gun rights policy conference and probably was able to get you know a whole bunch of videos made. He'll go to Shot Show, get a whole oh, bunch. Okay, of okay, I got you. Okay. Does travel, so he'll go to a town where there's more than one person to meet up with because it sounds like it is a, a project that has some funding to it, but it's not like you know he just does nothing but drive around doing this. I don't right. think. So um, I get the impression he's being he has some other job and he's you know doing this as a professional hobby or whatever with the intent of you know creating a library of these interviews you know we've talked about it on other shows and stuff but you know one of the nice things one of the positive things we have about the new internet the new media that we can take the phone and we can record i've done it with uh dan uh, southard who's a really cool guy he was there at the uh um um the uh what they call the berlin um what was it called when they stood uh, stood off at the Berlin um, during the Cold War? Can't think Talking of about the at the bridge in Berlin. 
wall. At the wall? Yeah. yeah. There was, anyway, I can't think of it. I'll think of it when I'm trying to think of it. But anyway, I was able to ask Dan if it was okay to do some recording because I was just interested in basically emulating what Artis and Tony had done back in the day, interviewing some uh, military guys and hearing some of their stories, right? And uh, I learned stuff from Dan that I never knew just from our conversations over the years. And I've known for like 10 years. And just, you know, we never got into some of those conversations. So anyway, I guess what I'm saying is if you think about it, you know, we, we all have these phones and we all have contacts and people that we know, you know, networks of people that we know. And if you're interested in, or if you, you know, think about it, you can uh, record some of your conversations with these people and they're there forever. You know, stories don't get, you know, don't disappear. They're there then. So uh, I think there's definitely worth there, not just for gun stuff, but obviously for gun stuff, it's awesome. But just for general, you know, um, there were stories and stuff my grandparents told me and, you know, went in, in one ear and out the other. You know, if I would have recorded it, you know, there might be some way for me to, you know, leave that to the next generations. But anyway, I think there's value in, in these kind of efforts. So not like oh, I say, yeah. you hear their stories, but then he's also archived, you know, their, you know, sort of this interview and it'll just always be there. So, you know, in our two generations later, when they're researching where was, you know, gun advocacy and Second Amendment advocacy in 2018. You know, we're creating stuff that doesn't disappear anymore. And we don't have to wait it's, for to do it. Everybody can do that. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. Riding shotgun with Tarly. I'd check that one out. So we also like to talk about a gun shop every day. Anybody got a gun shop we can talk about? 286 over What's the last gun shop somebody went to? Um, My local Knights one that Tactical. I go to. Angelina? Knights Tactical in Camarillo. Have we talked about that one before? Um, I don't think so. Was this a gig or you went in there to the shop? I had lunch with a friend and I was driving through the parking lot like on my way out. And I saw it said guns on a window. So I drove by because it was like, you know, like a moth to a flame. And, uh, you know, yeah, it said guns. And I thought, oh, is it air? Like, does it say airsoft? And sure enough, when I went in there, it was real guns. So, yeah, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of cool. And I guess they've been there for a couple years and I had no idea. The guy was super nice. Um, had a lot of guns in there actually, which is kind of rare for the area because there's not really a lot of guns in gun stores. But he had um, a good assortment of rifles, a good assortment of like new pistols, some law enforcement only stuff, and then um, a a good little consignment case actually of like pistols and stuff. So Are these um, pictures? Are these accurate? Are they new? They um, say That's why I asked. Yeah, I mean, that looks like, yeah, that's it right there. So, see, I saw that guns, and I was like, oh, what's that? Well, this is five years ago, so they've been around for a bit. Yeah, they've been around for a bit, and when I, because when I went in there, I was talking to the guy, and I was like, oh, are you new? And he said no. Like, oh, yeah, see, like, this Magpul stuff? They had a lot of accessories, too, which you don't see a lot. <clears throat> oh, really? Yeah, I mean, like, he had, and the prices on that stuff, usually when you go into a gun shop around here to, like, get Magpul stuff and, like, stuff of that kind of nature, it's real expensive. And his prices were really good. 
everything in there, even the guns, dude, they were priced like super good. These knives, he had like a uh, like a griptilian in there for under a hundred bucks. That's cool. Well, if he's in business that long, that's got to be an indication that he's. Yeah, and these, like, see, like, in that picture, he's got, like, some survival food. He had a lot of stuff like that, too, like, a lot of prepper stuff. So, I mean, if you're not really into guns, you're into, like, survival stuff, he had, like, kind of a lot of stuff like that. Now, this is near you, so was he was close to where the fires happened? Um, kind of, yeah. You know, he was pretty much between me and Oxnard. Oh, so, well, okay, so he's going to, kind of towards the coast from the fires. Mm -hmm. Was I guess my question was going to be, is he empty with all the survival food? Like, did people buy it in prep, or was he still had shelves full? Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know, actually. I didn't really notice. But probably, I mean, I would imagine he had a rush. That's what I'm thinking, because people, because it says right over, so those like signs makes a big deal about his survival stuff. Yeah, and they had a lot. And then he had, you can't really see it, but actually in this picture right here with those rifles and the shotguns, to the left of that, he had, like, this little, like, law enforcement memorial area that was kind of nice. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, a good store. And, like I said, the prices on there were really good. And the guns were crazy reasonable. Like, for California prices, like, he could have definitely marked everything up. But his prices were super fair. And, um... Yeah, actually, I'll probably buy a gun from him. And now I found their website from... Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, they have Instagram, too. I know he's on Instagram because I followed him on Instagram. Right on. Well, it's cool that they've got pictures out there. And I don't use Yelp very much. We'll have to do a show on Yelp versus Google Maps or whatever sometime oh i love looking at things on yelp because people post pictures of like the inside so if no. you want to see like do they kind of have a lot of stuff or not really you can go to their yelp and usually someone's posted picture inside my, my impression has been that yelp is much more granular than this than uh google what do you mean granular as far as information about the business I mean, granular I don't, I don't what understand. they do what they sell possible pictures reviews by customers you mean it's more useful on Yelp than Google Map or than yeah, yes. Google? Yeah, I mean I think it's kind of a good tool for this kind of stuff. But unfortunately, it can also be misused since since it's customer public driven. Okay, pop quiz. Seven Wonders on the YouTube side is asking, "What is an SBS, Gary? What's an SBS?" Oh, he's sleeping. Sleeping. Oh, I'm not sleeping. I had my mic muted. I'm sorry. What's an SBS? Yep. Uh, short barrel shotgun? I don't know. Yeah. So that's just our all abbreviations that we use. SBS. Short barrel shotgun. You know what SBR was, so it kind of makes sense. Extra credit. Do you know the definition of an SBS? It's shorter than 16. Oh, are you Gary? Are you Gary? What? Uh, I could be. <laughs> I want to be Gary. I know it. I think I know it. I'm asking Gary if he, for extra credit, if he knows what the definition of an SBS is. Well, legally, a shotgun barrel can't be less than 18 inches. Yes. 
that's partial partial so i'm presuming with that designation it's not no longer legal so it would be less than 18 inches it'd yep. be an nfa item not illegal it'll be required to be registered yeah but illegal to own without registration right because I cut down the barrel on mine last year, and I was warned you better measure that thing about five times. Because if you cut it too short, you could go to jail immediately. So, how many times did you measure it? Oh, at least two or three. Avoided jail. Avoided jail. Yeah, because if it said if you cut it too short, you may as well cut the rest of the shotgun up too. <laughs> Get rid of it. Well, the nice thing about most shotguns, at least pumps, right, and autos, is you can take that barrel and throw it away if you mess yeah, up. Yeah, just replace right. the barrel. Although right. With an 870, it was cheaper to buy a second 870 than to go find a barrel. You know, sometimes they can not be easy to find. This was an old enough shotgun. It's kind of hard to find barrels for it anymore. Right on. So we like to talk about a gun shop every day. We did that. We like to talk about something interesting in the community. We did that with... Uh, Shotgun with Charlie, and he has a good introduction because he calls it Shotgun with Charlie. He kind of talks about you know why it's called Shotgun. Um, we also talked about 7-Elevens and convenience stores because of we're on episode 711. So uh, anybody else want to throw anything else out there before we head out? Um, buy things from AlanInker.com. Right on. You got any sales going? Any specials? Um, well, I always got the best special going on for Gun Channels members, which is just use code Gun Channels and save 20, that's right, 20%. Which is pretty awesome, and I appreciate that you're doing that for everybody. Do people take you up on it? Um, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we get a couple uh, sales that go through with the sales code, so you save uh, quite a bit of money, actually, because 20% is a... Decent little chunk. I've used it. I do have a reminder, uh, and that's for everybody uh, here or out there, is uh, states often change their laws as of January 1st of the new year, uh, particularly with gun laws. Make sure you are familiar with laws that may be changing in your, in your state specifically. I know in my state, we have a couple of things changing of Illinois. You need to be aware of what's changing in your state. That's a good point. California. So if you touch your state gun rights organization, they will most likely be the best source to go to. And then go find that info or take that information and relay it over on every second matters. That's the whole concept there is that we can all monitor locally and archive for you know the nation. But good point. You know, California's got a few days and then uh, what you have to have FF or 4473 or something to do ammo and you can't ship ammo anymore and you got to be 21 to buy anything and there's an extra weight like you guys are getting whaled on here now. Basically. Yep, we're uh, we are losing a lot come January 1st. So let's head over to Spreadshirt. Raise show of hands who all's on Spreadshirt. Angelina, do you got anything going on over there? No. And kind of productive for you, I suppose. Clover, anything going on? You got a Spreadshirt? Oh yeah. And can you throw me links? Because it's difficult is to be nice about it, trying to find our names and our stuff. Yeah, over there. I can't hang on. And uh, everybody else who get a green team will throw them out there. But uh, Clover, you, I mean, Ghost, you using Spreadshirt at all? 
I use Spreadshirt, but I can't throw your links. I'm on the phone, so. No worries. We'll try to find it. And then, Gary, you're using it. I saw your links. Yep. Um, Dead Horse and Nano, have you thought about it at all? No, I don't even know exactly what it is. Okay, well, let's talk about it. So, basically, there's T-shirts, right? And you want to make a T-shirt. The means of production, technically, should be getting easier and easier all the time, but human beings and businesses and relationships all exist still. So finding a t-shirt place to produce stuff that is, you know, unknown, uh, an unknown quantity and unknown size and unknown colors uh, can be pretty tough for everybody, right? So Spreadshirt tries to accomplish that by being print on demand. So you have a concept, you want to put a shirt out there, but you don't know what the demand's going to be. You put it on Spreadshirt and um, it'll um, uh, not exist. It'll just be in their catalog until someone actually orders it and print on demand and then it gets shipped. So the idea is you don't have to waste time with inventory. You don't have to waste cost on inventory. How come Gary's makes me click shop now? I wonder what the difference. Um, but so the idea is that Gary could put this link up there or this image up there. He's got a couple of different images. You click on one. And now I can decide, do I want that on a hat or a shirt or a hoodie or all the different stuff that they have? Their products are across the top here. An iPhone case or a mug, let's say. Actually, I was going to look at these buttons. So for five, 10 bucks, you get five buttons, and they're sweet. Metal button, and then you have some to give away. You got some to put on a, a bag or something. You got a couple to put in the car or something. Uh, and then you got one to trade. So 10 bucks. I don't know what Gary gets out of that. A couple of bucks, hopefully. And then they ship us some stuff. And seems kind of neat. So anyway, these buttons don't exist until I click Add to Cart. And ideally, when I pay for it, then they get created. <laughs> so ideally, you wouldn't need to have a big, complex system going. You could just think of something funny and or something interesting or something clever or some interesting piece of art and create a store. Didn't cost you nothing, right, Gary? No. No, just time. Yeah, just set it up. You throw the image up there. Once you put the image up, I'm going to go back to mine and show you what it looks like on the underside. And you log into it. So you've got the store. Clover's got his store set up so that you just start seeing designs. And then you pick one that you like. And then, again, you get to choose. Well, that's interesting. You don't get the whole list. You have it set up differently than I do. If you've got your store set up, then you actually pick what you want in your, um, yeah, you pick what items you want out of your store. So mine's set up for the two cheapest, the cheapest women's shirt and the cheapest men's shirt. That's the only things I have on there right now. Oh, okay. See, I did mine a little differently where the, just the design exists. You click on the design and you can literally choose anything that they have and the design is on it. Yeah. Just a different way to do it. But um, so you basically have two sides to what I was going to show you. You put your designs up and... I'll go to my design. So you click all your designs up there, and then they're inventoried over here. You take those designs and you make products out of them or not. You could just put the designs up there and let them go. But if you want to create a product to put in your store, you just make up products. So I took a shirt just like Clover. I took the cheapest shirt, stuck a design on there. Once you got a bunch of them in your store, uh, then you can sort it out or whatever. So I sorted it between topics like gun channels and every second matters and whatever. So um, 
and then you're done. You basically just sit there and let them cook. Oh, I guess I should mention when you put the design up there, let me go back to my designs, you can tell it how much you want. So like right now, I just did this Poco Ghibli thing during match chat earlier, and I wanted Travis to be able to get one for nothing so, or cheap as possible. So I put the price to zero. As soon as he buys one, I'll flip it to five bucks, and then I get five bucks every time somebody buys one. But all these other designs, I have them in at $5. So if anybody ever buys a shirt, that $5 is my cut, I guess, or my profit on it. Um, and then you could set that to 100 You know, you can make the shirt cost $200 or something. But uh, so if you're for a fundraiser or something, that might be a way to do a fundraiser, like outside of uh, like an Indiegogo or something like that. Um, anyway, so you set up your design, you put it into a product, and then you arrange your store with your products. And, you know, we can get more detail on that if anybody ever wants to, but you can see that Clover set up his a little bit differently than Gary and Gary's a little bit differently than mine. But in effect, we're all putting up just some designs that took us some time to create and then, you know, we put them there. Oh, right on. And then uh, um, you just sit and wait, right? If somebody buys it, great. If they don't, no harm, no foul. And if nothing else, Gary's out there putting stuff up on the internet that, you know, is, well, I guess your stuff isn't super gun related. But it's got gun panels on it. Well, and, and um, your stuff has guns on it. But a couple of things to remember too is that, um, and I've seen it on Gizzard's page. I don't see it on mine. But uh, there's discount codes all the time that you click that redeem where it says redeem up there. So definitely look for those. Normally, because oh, no, there is one now. Because I was going to say I was looking and trying to get a code, and it, it was like a blackout date right here. Like I couldn't find a code for this week. Yeah. And I think after the first of the year, it goes up to 20%. Yeah, it goes back to like 19 or 20% at the first of the year. I didn't know there was a 15, though, so that's awesome. So yeah. this Cyber cool. Monday was uh, 15% and free shipping. So Ooh. it was pretty good. Um, now, if you're a creator, now, if you're a creator, one thing I would highly recommend, because I run into it and it, it kind of sucked. They took a lot of my money. Um, make sure you fill out the tax information and get that emailed back to them. Because they take yeah, out like a that. they take out like a big huge maximum thing out of your pay if you don't do that. Ah, okay, that's a good tip. They they literally take like forty percent or something. So when you put these up there, I don't know how to get the interface, but somewhere in here it'll get you know Clover's description in here, right? Are these actual comments? Oh, nice. We're getting comments too. So um, uh, I was gonna say what we can. Let's say dead horse, like you got no interest in, you know, trying to make a million bucks selling shirts or anything. But if you think of something funny or clever or whatever, you throw it up here. It doesn't cost you nothing and it exists. And then in the con in the comments of it, if you put in there like this is my gun channel shirt and I like gun channels or this is my, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And this is my link to my fill in the blank. It's a it's a it's a valid platform. And there's a lot of people that use uh, the spread shirt. It has an influence on the Internet. I put links in all my descriptions to my stuff. So it's just another, you know, foundation spot on the internet that's now linking out to gun channels and to every second matters and to the daily gun show. And, you know, whatever I put a, like Clover puts his thing up for his podcast and he could link to the podcast, puts a thing up for a, a specific show. He can link to that or put something up for his, his own store. He could put a link there. I don't know. I mean, we were talking about the underside of the internet earlier. You know, I don't know if all these things necessarily turn you into an instant millionaire, but they are putting at least effort in that direction, right, of getting a more and more uh, solid, thanks, more and more solid, uh, um, I don't know what to call that, like, so network, established network of links out there. Mm 
Oh, dang, this is a nice one. Where'd you come up with this one? Photoshop, basically. You just came up out of nowhere? That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, seriously. Is this one selling? How long has this been around? I just saw it for the first time. Uh, I haven't been on Spreadshirt forever. It's probably been on there since the summertime, I bet. Oh, dang, dude. Are these selling? That's um, I've sold a few, not many. Right on. So, yeah, playing around with Photoshop, throw the design together, put it up there. It's like putting a hook in the water. So that's Photoshop, or that's Spreadshirt. Uh, so far, they don't seem to be anti-gun. No, they had yeah, so far. Uh, first time I got on there, they had um, all types of you know tags, you know, gun humor, gun rights, gun. Oh, you mean there's established categories in there? Yeah, system. it was established tags. You start typing gun, and it just gives you a list. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you guys put them out there. Thanks. They get a little pissy over. Um, um, what am I thinking? Over copyright. Like my Clovertech charms, they wouldn't. I couldn't oh, really? work. Yeah. That's interesting because they're not even. What do you mean? Because of shape? <laughs> That's crazy. Told me it was a copyright. No, I'm talking about the the one that Angelina did. Oh, the cereal box one. The cereal box one or whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? That's uh, like a weird. Wouldn't, wouldn't let me have it. Huh? I did. I have. So what you're talking about is like I put my designs up, right? And they don't give two flips. They don't answer the phone or reply to you, or they just really don't care. So, oh, really? That's interesting. We've we've had that we've had that conversation before. It's like it works well as long as you don't really have an issue. But you yeah, know, if well, they say if they say no or whatever, you don't get no you don't get to argue with them. Well, they're in. My question is: If I use one of those cartoons that G made up, how much of a cut does he get out of that? Nothing. I'm happy that you're using them. Feel free. Okay. So uh, I was fixing to use mine and make one. So yeah. Oh, I should also say uh, I'm already exploiting you guys. Anyway, I got Travis and Night Strike up here. I got uh, Comrade Gary over here. I got Robert Dano from Red Dawn, and I got Clover, Gary, and Dano in this picture. So I'm I'm raping in the money off of you guys. Okay, cool. Well, I, I got a question for you, G. Designs you're already selling then. <laughs> can I throw Can I throw the gun channels G like on a sleeve or something? Yeah, feel free. Okay, cool. Um, so what I was going to show you, though, you put up a design, and then I've already done this, but it'll have a button here to put it into the store. So like I mentioned, you have to show, You can have more than one store, I guess I should show you. Um, you can have a store for your gun stuff, a store for your, I don't know, your gardening stuff, a store for your food, right? And And then have different designs in each store. So you can put up a design and have it go to maybe two different stores, but whatever. You, you tell it you want it to go into your stores, and then you can decide if you want your design to go into the marketplace, they call it. So the marketplace is, I think, what you're talking about, Clover. Like, they won't take copyrightable stuff, right? So, like, a lot of mine are pending on the store right now. Like, I applied to go to the store, and then, like you're saying, they're doing some sort of test or whatever to see if it's legit. I think a couple of them have gone into the store. I guess, or the marketplace, excuse me. Um, so I guess I, of my 50 or 45 designs that I uploaded there, they've only allowed nine of them so far to go into the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So that that means is that my design, like the chair against the wall right there, I guess they've accepted that one. Or this uh, this is the Stinger missile from Angry's old platypus thing. Uh, and then that thing, and then Every Second Matters. They took those, 
which means that well i put every second matters i put 10 bucks everything else is five if somebody else just finds this when they're searching spreadsheet i guess then i'll just get five bucks and it doesn't matter to me if they went to my store or not and that's where they probably care about the copyright so they didn't copyright my van and every second matters yeah i haven't tried to put the clover tech charms back up um outside of the market i need to well in the market you mean oh you mean like uh in your own store yeah oh, just in the I, store. I bet you're in your store because they let every one of my designs go into my store they don't care and some of my designs well i guess they have you guys on them but i'm gonna say i'm sure some of mine are probably well you're talking major product major trademark major copyright stuff too that oh i tell you another one they wouldn't allow in the marketplace this is weird i didn't even use the same font you know remember the shirts that said got milk oh yeah yeah i did one that said got clays and i did one that said got ammo and i did one that said got guns and it wasn't even the same font it was it was the font i normally use for all my stuff they kicked all those out too hmm. i can see the got milk because they probably own more than just the font right they own the same or something well i didn't like i said i didn't use the font and i changed the other word but it apparently were you allowed to in your in your personal store? I never I never went back and put any of that stuff in. Once I I stopped dealing with the marketplace, I just quit dealing with the marketplace because I was pushing my own stuff anyway. So I really don't see the gain in the marketplace. I just think the marketplace is a way for me to kind of push gun stuff up into it, even if they don't want it. Yeah. If somebody <laughs> is on there searching for things, I mean, there's the possibility they run across it. I guess. Um, are you guys all putting dollars? Are you guys putting different amounts for your? I've got two. I got two on mine. I try to keep mine. Yeah, mine are two, so it keeps the price down. And okay. and that's why I only got the cheap shirts. That way, it looks it's at, you know it's economically priced. It's like seventeen forty nine a shirt. Well, let it, me throw this out there. Not everybody, not everybody's at the same level. So some people don't care about forty dollars, and they might just want a nicer shirt, right? So yeah. I, I would recommend at least as a test you know throw some out there that they can pick whatever thing they want yeah. they can pick yeah. 20 if they want. i need to go back i need to go back and add products and i've been meaning to do that i just i just haven't yet no I, I, but i did figure out because i said I, i've been saying it's talking about a spreadsheet for a couple of days but i went in and i deleted all my old stuff right and i put in all these new ones from scratch um when i pulled everything i realized that either because of the old system or whatever reason i wasn't paying attention i had everything set to a dollar before so 2017, which is the only time I ever made any money over there, uh, sold 20 shirts in 2017, and I made $20. So it's not necessarily an income source if you're no. down a couple of dollars. Nah. Uh, I still average, I average, many, yeah. I average maybe, maybe two a month, maybe average. Uh, definitely one a month. But, well, you know, but, but again, month. the way I'm looking at it is if you've got a clever thing like Ghosts, that revolver with the stock and the sight and everything that's hilarious I, I mean i would think something like that is potentially gold somebody's gonna go oh yeah and they don't care about twenty dollars and they own that shirt and you got five so yeah. um it, it's almost no cost to throw it's like free fishing it's like you don't even have to have a fishing license so i would right. recommend throwing them out there you never know what's going to catch and here's the thing about this kind of platform let's say i don't know india where there's a billion people, I think, really, like literally, right? Um, 
if something catches on with 12 year old well that's i'd say it's old enough 15 year old girls you know people that can afford to buy something in india and what two hundred thousand, you know of the four billion 15 year old girls in india think it's funny and buy it <laughs> you know or it you know it catches the eye of somebody in another country the same way that we put weird you know chinese language stuff on uh, tattoos or on shirts and stuff like somebody buys something just so they think it's funny or it reminds them of some thing in their culture you know we're in a big planet and you know you, you never know what's going to catch on a, a hook like that that's true yeah. they look at them cats and gary's and start thinking hmm lunch <laughs> right <laughs> but cat shirts i'm sure that we all be amazed how many dollars in cat shirts have sold right Probably no way I to haven't go. sold any shirts of any kind yet, but I've had a lot of people. I have a lot of people who are fans of George for some reason, so I thought, well, I'll throw a George design out there. We'll have to cartoon George at some point, some point if you're down. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think he would be too. I could ask him, but I'm sure he'd be all right with it. You can bribe him with belly rubs. There you go. All right. Well, we got kind of caught on a, a spreadsheet tangent there, but uh, I'm I'm curious. As like I say, I've been neglecting it for years, and now that I've been playing with it, it seems kind of neat. And I'm liking the idea of just throwing a bunch of designs up there. And it's cool if the people from gun channels like them, but you never know. You know, somebody might like that uh, Force Factor gun channels team and you know buy it, and then you guys would get, get famous and they get rich, and everybody's happy. Well, force comes to worse, I can always buy my own stuff and give it away as. That's that's what I mean. I waited for the Cyber Monday, and then, like I said, it was fifteen percent off and free shipping. So I bought three. So I mean, just for your own. And I think that that may be, that may help if you wear because you know Yankee does that. He wears a lot of his shirts in the videos. So does Tim. So does a lot of you know a lot of people. And you know, I think that could help. Buy them when they're on sale. Buy some for yourself. Wear them in your videos and then something that i've failed to do this entire time is even mentioned in the video that hey if you like this shirt you know it's available over on spreadshirt or even put a little thing down just text down on the bottom or something of the video even oh yeah so and that's the thing we we talk about lincoln because we want our projects to be networked with you know other uh efforts that we're doing online we want to you know link things for the humans that it might be surfing around and we want to link things for the robots that are you know verifying everything or evaluating everything but this is a little different than just a link to a video where you're hoping maybe a sub comes along this is something with a payoff so i think there's definitely value assuming spreadshirt works for everybody you know it's not a scam or something um we'll find out after a few months i suppose but um well i've been doing them for a while now i haven't had an issue yeah, and that's one of the reasons I decided to even pay attention to it because that FFF place screwed me over so bad yeah. that uh, you know I was sick of wasting time waiting for them to do anything. And uh, your success with it made me want to play with it. But I think it's definitely valid putting the links to your spreadsheet with your other um, whatever descriptions you're doing on any kind of content because mm -hmm. you definitely right. want the person browsing to find your store. I mean, that's right. money. Yeah. Yeah. And the only the only other bad thing I guess is they they pay quarterly, so that kind of sucks. Oh, it's not like a threshold. If you meet this much a month, 
you're going to get it. They pay out mine. Mine at least pays out quarterly. I may need to go through the settings and look, but um, yeah, regardless of how much it was, it 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 is. It pays out every quarter. So, if it's ten bucks, cool. If it's fifteen or twenty bucks, cool. Whatever it is, you know. Yeah, I haven't played with it in months. I'll probably have to go in tomorrow and take a look at it. Oh, I highly encourage you to, man. You've got so much art that, yeah, you'll be amazed how fun it is to start slapping it up there, and then it's a shirt, and it's a shirt, and it's an iPhone case, whatever. I'm going to do an operation training day. I can do an arm and one out on my different projects, so I didn't even think about all that, but I need to do that. All right, well, I think with that, we'll uh, attempt to wrap it up again. Um Anybody else want to throw anything out there before we head up? Shopagearwebsites.com. Yeah, I got one thing uh, for all of our uh, Pro 2A brothers and sisters in California. If you're under the age of 21 and over the age of 18, you have three days left, I believe, to go buy a rifle, or you have to wait till you're 21. You imagine that. Just about well, you know, I wonder about the details on that. If, if they were, and maybe Angela can add some meat on the bone there, because I think this is important. Where to go out, you know, tomorrow and lay down the money as far as the hoops that you got to get through. If they were to get delivery on or after the first, would they still be able to get it? From my understanding, no, that's why it's got to be done. Like, that's why you only got three days left because they have a 10 day waiting period. Right. So it's got to be done 10 days before the 31st. So that gives us till the 21st. Yep. I think it's got to be done by. That's what I was thinking too when I first started seeing the countdowns. I was like, wait a minute, that's not the. Oh, I'm like, oh yeah, it's because they. I mean, it. a lot of times they have it where as long as your dose is started, then you're in the clear. Well, but this is a you're no longer eligible, right? So that I'm guessing because it's pretty consistently all the countdowns are telling me three days also. Well, I mean that's gonna be pretty shitty. So if you know anyone out there, like if you have any friends or family or anyone, you know, any 18, 19 year old, 20 year old kids who might even be in the military or something, you might want to see about them getting some of the guns that they might want right now because they might have to wait several years before they can buy them and arm themselves. Makes me more mad every time I think about it. It's so fun, at least for, I don't know, did, let me do this real quick before we end. Um, when you're eight, uh, when you were turned eighteen, did you go out and buy your own long arm, Angelina? Yes. Clover. Yeah. Horse. Yes, on the day of my birthday. Post. Not when I turned eighteen, but I did the day I got home from boot camp. I was nineteen at the time. Okay. Well, it still applies, obviously. You have yeah. To, yeah. You would have had to wait three years now. Uh, well, yeah, three years in that. Uh, Gary? Okay, did I buy what? A long arm when you turned 18? No. Dano? No. Okay, but for those of us that were, I mean, obviously, if you weren't into guns or whatever, then it wasn't a thing, but for those of us that were into guns and, you know, when 18, that's like driver's license, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I can go drive by myself, finally. Like, that was that's the time when you can go be an adult, and that's just been snatched from many millions of Californians. Right, Range groups, and that's that because that's a massive win for the other side. That's however many. I don't know if anybody's seen any numbers on how many people that's going to affect. 
but that's a whole bunch of people have just been that their right has been taken away their opportunity has been taken away it's for, no he, well, it's for future people all the future people too because you know i mean it doesn't matter like for now forever until that law gets changed it's 21 now so yeah. it's four year olds that haven't been born hopefully yeah. before that but it's horrible let's flip it around to something more positive does anybody know what sunday is this sunday the 23rd let's see if anybody in the chat knows before we wrap it up nope no idea holiday it's a holiday it's an alternative holiday alternative holiday. oh it's festivus festivus this sunday That's right it's festivus for the rest of us your polls up all right thanks everybody for joining us it's been a pretty good chat I think we went two hours tonight. Uh, we'll be back same time tomorrow.